0: Happy Valentine's, Dre, and welcome in to a special edition of the PHNX d podcast right here on PHNX. I am your mayor of love, of course, uh, occasionally known as Derek Montilla. <laughs> this guy, he's the vice mayor of love, also the Thunderstick, the one and only Jesse Friedman. Well, we had some technical difficulties, but but we and said we, we were, were going to have, we. they were
1: of course my fault, uh, but young. we said we were going to have Dre Jameson on the show and fingers crossed we are going to
0: have Dre Jameson we weren't, on the we show. We weren't going to so. do the show without Dre Jameson on the show. <laughs> that We were going to boycott if we couldn't get him in here, but of course this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Uh we like we said, we're very excited uh to be joined today by one of uh the Diamondback's most exciting young pitchers, Dre Jamison. Dre, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? We are doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How was uh how was your off season so far with uh uh considering the excitement over the last year uh in your career?
2: Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, relaxed. Um and just spend time with the family, the girlfriend, and uh, just relax for
1: the most part. Yeah, it's not it's not long enough off season, that's for sure. So you got to get that <laughs> time
0: in. Uh, just- no.
1: Uh, Dre, we were we were just out at Salt River Fields. Uh, they did a demonstration of some of the new rules that are being put into place in 2023. And honestly, uh, our, our heads hurt. Uh, just uh, <laughs> All the information being thrown at us and all yeah. the particularities of how things work. Uh, how is this for you? I mean, I, I know maybe you've gotten some experience with some of these things down in the minor league. So maybe you're a little more familiar than most, but uh is it, a, is it a little bit challenging just mentally not only thinking about all the things that you've had to think about in the past when you're on the mound but all of these new changes that are coming
2: yeah i mean i've dealt with some of them you know as of last year playing in double a then triple a then finally getting my start in the big leagues um to be completely honest with you i don't know every single change that's happened uh, <laughs> i just pick a ball up every fifth day and go out there and compete but um for the most part, I mean, the time, like the little clock thing, like I've had that in AAA. It's kind yeah. of, in in my eyes, is like a pitcher's advantage because you're rushing the hitter to, you know, to get into a swing or if they took a bad swing, not to get that deep breath, they have to get right back in the box. Um, sure. But as a pitcher, it's tough as well, too, because when you need to, you know, step off, take a breather, you, you can't really do that, so... But for me, it's more of like when you get into a groove and and you're feeling it, like a hitter can't mess up that groove by, you know, sitting out too long and stuff like that. But all the other rules that they've applied, I honestly couldn't sit here and talk about them because I don't really know.
0: The (laughs) the demonstration they did today, they did show us the pitch clock. They showed us, like, stepping in and out. Like, they, they kind of discussed all the nuances about it. And I think that was what had our head spinning is it seems like it is a lot of information, but then at the end of the day uh, it, it really felt like if you as a pitcher just kind of, you know, don't, don't take that time that you won't really run into any of these uh, time frames that they're kind of setting up. I mean, they, they got on the mound and kind of showed us how long like eight seconds is to stand there and stare down a batter uh, until the pitch clock ran out. And it seemed kind of ridiculous for that <laughs> much time. So it, it doesn't really feel like, uh, aside, like you said, aside from like some of the pickoff attempts and some of, you know, stepping out and stepping back in and when that clock starts, it really doesn't feel like you guys are impacted too much, at, at least with the length of, of the pitch clock.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with that for sure. And I don't know if they're applying the, the pickoff rules. You have two, two pickoffs and then the third one, if it's yeah. not a, right.
0: Is that, is that a yeah, thing? that's what they were discussing. Yeah. They were saying like, if you yeah, if the third one isn't successful. Yeah, that
2: that one's a little frustrating. Like I said, I I had that in AAA as well. Um, just for the fact of like you pick off twice, and it, and it gives that that runner an advantage in a way because it's like okay, I can get off more, but I still have to know I have to get back. But at the same time, it's their jumps can be way bigger than yeah a normal jump. Um, I honestly don't think that rules to apply that long just because it's kind of tough. Like. We can do the pitch clock. We can do all that, but at the same time, you got to play baseball. And yeah. the way the the way that game was written up a long time ago is, is hard <laughs> to go away from it. So uh, I don't that's, know. We'll see how that goes.
0: And I think that's what we thought was it. Really does take away some of that. Uh, I feel like some of that freedom that you kind of have. Uh, they they talked about obviously impacting the game in a positive way to have more action uh, occurring more regularly instead of obviously some the downtime baseball can have, but we, we agree with you. It did, it did seem not only uh, a bit, I I guess, uh, extreme to have that few of pickoff attempts, right. Based on, you know, the speed of some batters, but also having that, uh, that, that kind of math going on in your head while you're out there trying to pitch (laughs) seems like, seems like a lot. I mean, it's
2: part of a lot of people's games too. Like you slow the game down and you have to control the run game, you know, and, believe it or not, controlling the run game is huge. Like when you can control the run game, then you're not giving up those stolen bases to then put guys in scoring position. And I think that this rule is definitely going to be something that a lot of guys are going to struggle with. Um, I'm also not a guy that really focuses much on pickoffs, but more of being quick to home plate to then giving my catcher a good chance to throw him out at second. So,
1: Dre, I want to talk about the season that you had last year. Great start for you in double A. You moved to triple A pretty early in the season. Uh, we all know, um, I guess, I mean, we don't know personally, but it's difficult to pitch in that in that environment, right? And it's difficult to pitch in Amarillo as well. Really. Uh, you eventually get up to the big leagues and and suddenly, you know, you have a sub two ERA. It's hard to really ask for anything more than what you were able to do in those few starts at the end of the year. Uh, just what was that season like for you pitching in all those different environments and, and what kind of clicked once you got to the big leagues?
2: Yeah, I mean, in double A, you know, the park short ball flies. Um, and I mean, not knocking double A at all, cause it's each level you go to, some guys dominate and some guys struggle and then they go to the next level and they dominate. And I went to triple A and struggled like no other. Um, but yeah, I mean, double A is kind of like, I was throwing really hard at the time. Um, and then when I got promoted to triple A, it was, I felt like a lot of the same type of hitters that were in double-A, but more advanced. So you had a lot of free swingers in triple-A, but also had a plan. So it was not anyone that's like, all right, I'm going to take a pitch up and out. They were going to swing at it, but at the same time as they were more advanced hitters to get to that pitch rather than in double-A, you had guys that were just swinging at that pitch that had no business swinging at that pitch. Um, And triple-A, I mean, believe it or not, the ball just flies oh yeah it, <laughs> we are <laughs> we, we've heard <laughs> and it, it's it's frustrating as a pitcher because it's like sure. you beat someone and they get rewarded yeah because right field is just blowing out yeah and it's it's kind of like it's hit or miss it's hard as a pitcher to be able to take that in and be like okay well i beat him that was a good pitch i just got beat because in all sense you didn't get beat he got lucky and don't get me wrong, I've gotten got like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I were like, whoa, like that ball was sent. Um, and then when I got the call to the big leagues, it was, it's just different. I think it just brings out the best that you have. And um, yeah, I just went in there like nothing. Like I'm supposed to be there,
0: and just went out there and competed, and the numbers showed for themselves. Yeah. You were, you were great there. And, uh, we know that obviously the diamondbacks have a legend in Brent Strom when it comes to a pitching coach. Uh, how has it been working with him and, and what kind of impact did he have on your, you know, progression up to, up to the big league level?
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I got to the big leagues, there wasn't much that he was like trying to change. His thing was just go out and do what you know how to do, like believe in your stuff and throw your slider. Um, So when I went out there, that's what I I did. I didn't think anything of it. I wasn't trying to throw it 105. I wasn't trying to overdo (laughs) anything. I was just going out there and doing what I know how to do best. And whatever happens, happens. And he's a firm believer on that. Um, Now he's telling me to throw the slider more, throw the slider more. Um, Obviously, keep the four seam up, sinker down, and things like that. But for the most part, like pitch shapes, there's no new – pitch shapes that he's actually wanted me to do but besides location wise of each pitch is this is where it's benefiting and this is where you're having the most success with this pitch to this pitch to this pitch
0: how thick was his file on you was it was it would you have a giant <laughs> binder for you or what was that like <laughs> you no know, just scattering ports and just okay. go out there and compete you know that's awesome.
1: Dre, I, I remember one of the things that Strami said about you when you were first called up was he he addressed kind of the stereotype that a big league starter needs to have this certain build. They need to be six foot three or higher or something like that. Um, he basically said that that doesn't apply to you because you're so incredibly athletic uh, that that you just kind of rise above all of those things. Is, is that kind of how you view that as well?
2: Um, I mean, I've obviously been told that I'm really athletic. Um But in all honesty, I just think it's my competitiveness. Like, I just don't think anyone's gonna out-compete me, and I hate (laughs) losing, and it doesn't matter if it's out on the field, if it's playing chess, if it's playing ping pong, it doesn't matter. I hate losing. So I think my competitive drive is really what has gotten me this far
0: in baseball and in life. Does that carry over to you beating Corbin Carroll in a foot race, not once, but twice? (laughs) I mean, I already knew that was going to happen. Yeah, we needed confirmation on these rumors about you beating him twice, and also uh, about you standing flat-footed and dunking a basketball while under the hoop without like a running start. Is that is that accurate? (laughs) That is accurate. Oh wow! All right, well, we'll, we need video of that for
1: sure. Uh I guess. (laughs) <laughs> jay from from just like a, a pitch arsenal standpoint i know adding the sinker that's a little bit more of a recent addition for you that seems like it's been a, a really big pitch once you got to the big leagues your ground ball rate was very very high um and and just for me as a kind of a pitcher analyst anytime you see a guy with a you know a lot of whiffs along with a really high ground ball rate it's it's really exciting there's a lot of potential there um, just from a pitch arsenal standpoint, are there are there any other weapons that you're working on? Anything you're you're looking to add this this coming this coming season?
2: Um, I'm working the sinker wise is I mean it ranged in the big leagues at least because I started playing with it a little bit um, early on, like when I was in Double A AA and Triple A, I was just throwing the crap out of it, and it would be anywhere from ninety four to a hundred, and wow. I was trying to find that that me, or I don't know how you would say it, but I was trying to find that ground point of this is when it's the best. And so when I got to the big leagues, I was ranging my sinker anywhere from 84 to 97. And, um, it's almost like I was working on it as a changeup because as, as of right now, like that's, that's one of my off season goals is to get the change up really working
0: hmm. and
2: be effective. Um, so I almost went towards like the sinker that slow sinker because it has the same movement as my changeup, but it's, I can just vary the speeds on it. Right. And, um, I mean, my slider is more of, I have like three sliders, so it's not just one specific slider that's going to be the same all the time. I have three, the one that goes horizontal, one that's got a little more depth and one that's like really sweepy. Um, and then the curveball is just, Something that I'm going to start guys off with early. Um, it's not really a put away pitch sure. because I just don't want to waste a pitch. That's probably my fifth best pitch. Um, rather go to the slider, but yeah, well, the sinkers, uh, has definitely been a, a pitch that I've only thrown for a year. I just picked up on it not long ago and it's a pitch that I've been working on getting to the front hip to lefties to come back onto the dish and then backdooring it, and then top shelf coming back on. So it's like I miss a heater up, throw the sinker up, and then it falls back into the zone. Um, things like that, but not really changing
0: the arsenal much, no. We discussed watching your performances last year that uh, you, you game plan. It seemed like you, you game planned well for your opponents, and it felt like you kind of changed things up from start to start. Is that kind of an important emphasis for you, or were you just kind of focusing on different pitches from start to start?
2: Yeah, I mean, I got the scatter reports and I saw like who who does what good and who does what not good. Um, <laughs> I don't go away from my strengths, but I take my strengths into where they're not doing. Like if a guy can't hit an up and in fastball, I'm not going to throw a down and away fastball. And so I just go to my strengths of, okay, why not just pound it up, harden into him. And if I can't, if I don't have that pitch that day, then I'll have something that looks there, such as like the sinker. It'll start there, they swing, and it falls into them. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I just try to mix my pitches. That's that's the main thing. I Early on in my pro career, I was heavy-forcing fat forcing fastball. Um, some games I'd be 70% fastballs. Yeah. Well, when you move up the ladder, you know that it doesn't matter if you throw 88 or you throw 105, if you throw them 70% fastballs. These guys, these, these guys get paid for a living to hit. They're gonna, they're gonna catch yeah, up to you, yeah. and they're gonna put last, some some bats last, on it.
1: Last, last thing for me, Dre. Um, I just, I, I mean, it's an interesting situation coming into spring training with all of the different starting pitchers that that this team has. Right, it seems like there's sort of a competition being set up. Coming into spring training, I know uh, some of the other guys in this race are are guys that you know well, Ryan Nelson, Brandon Fott, Tommy Henry, um, and and the list goes on with some of the veterans on the team as well. Uh, How are you approaching this spring training just coming in knowing that, you know, you sort of have to prove something here in order to get the role you ultimately want?
2: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I just got to go out and compete Um, and I'm going to do everything in my power to get that spot. But at the end of the day, it's it's ultimately out of my it's not my decision. Um, sure. I'm going to put the work in. I'm going to do what I need to do to do it. But at the end of the day, I don't make the call on who's going to be there, who's not. Um, but ultimately, if whatever happens, I just hope that it's it's the right decision in a winning ball game standpoint and not a business standpoint.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we we agree with that. And I think that uh, we know that you guys are a very young, exciting team, and I know that you have had a chance to play with – a lot of your teammates now that are on the the major league roster as well. Has that kind of made the transition uh, for you easier that this Diamondbacks franchise is kind of moving in a direction where you guys are all around the same age and you guys have played together in the minors and, and just kind of a, a, a fresh roster as far as uh, the young faces on this team?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, there, there's pros and there's cons to that. There's, you know, I see a lot of guys that I grew up and playing in the in pro ball from the beginning um come up with me or i go up with them like it's easy it's an easy thing to do but at the same time as when i did get to the big league level we don't have that many like vet vets that you know can show you around and the ones that are there they did a great job at it and i'm and i'm glad of that um but at the end of the day it's like it's kind of cool as a young player getting called up and then you play with guys that you've watched on tv um that's that's another thing that's kind of cool um, that didn't necessarily have, but at the end of the day, as as long as we're we're winning games and and doing what we need to do,
0: then we're going to leave a legacy behind for for the other guys coming up. There we go. I love that. Uh, I I can't let you get out of here without getting your best piece of advice for guys on Valentine's Day. Do you have any <laughs> Valentine's Day advice uh, for guys that might be struggling this late in the day at this point? <laughs>
2: well. <laughs> You need to go and get some flowers. There you go. <laughs> do the thing. Like make you, you know, do a nail thing. Go get their nails done, and then finish it off with a good dinner.
0: There you go. All right. Nice. Our producer is is nodding emphatically. So she is very much <laughs> uh, in favor of your advice. But hey, we look forward to seeing you this year, man. It was a it was a blast last year, and uh, this team is. It looks like it's going to be very fun to watch this season. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Trey. We'll you. Thank you. Well, that's uh, that's fantastic. Hey, at least uh, the the internet worked this time. Yeah, right? it, was, it internet, wasn't it. Once we got him, yeah. we didn't lose him. Once we got so. him, he was here. <laughs> Great stuff. But uh, big thanks to Dre and the Dbacks for for having him on. And again, uh, pitchers and catchers, he goes out tomorrow. He reports tomorrow. So make sure if you have a chance to stop by Salt River Fields and see these guys in person. You got twelve days to watch them uh, go out there and get their workouts in and. And uh, it's, it's a fun, uh, unique experience that you can't yeah. really get. Just bring like four layers. Oh my God, it was we, so cold today. As we
1: discovered today, it's entirely too cold outside so cold. for the start of spring training. Oh, so uh, yeah. All Just the good warm. weather was wasted on Super yeah, Bowl and waste really management.
0: Was. All of you visitors that came we gave the town, it to the town, you tourists. Got the best of it. We, we got, got gave it to the it. tourists. There yeah. you go. Uh, well, big again, big thanks to Dre. Happy Valentine's Dre to him. <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't done so already, make sure to grab the Underdog Fantasy app. Don't play it today. It's fan- it's Valentine's Dre, but make sure to get it so you have it ready uh, when you want to play uh, some fantasy sports against your friends. You can draft uh, squads against five of your friends and the highest scoring squad wins some cold hard cash. Uh, draft some NBA players with no positional limits and whoever scores the most fantasy points can win. Uh, of course we are riding on pitch counts this season. We know that. Uh, and Dre Jameson is definitely going to be involved in that, but make sure to check out their, uh, their Pick'ems game where you can go higher or lower on stats. And the more legs you add, the more money you can win. Of course, make sure to do that over at underdog fantasy. It's this easy to get started. Go to underdog or download the app, sign up with promo code PHNX and underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. And also, if you're still in town uh, as a visitor, if you haven't left yet uh, because you're maybe sticking around a few days. Go away. Yeah, Jesse's <laughs> right. Go away. We had a hard time getting here on the freeway. Uh, but also, remember, uh, recreational marijuana is free, uh, is legal here. Not free. You have to pay for it, but it's legal. Uh, <laughs> no, so that would be a That lot. would be awesome. That would be so great. But uh, it is legal here. So make sure to go to your local dispensary and grab our friends from OG's. They have a wide variety of flavors and doses to try, sleep a sativas indicas whatever you need they have uh different doses the minis are great for people that don't want a uh, large amount you don't have to like break it up and stuff something i'll tell you about edibles it's a tray Uh, it could be slightly tilted or off-centered you have no idea how much you're getting in one edible first is enough they're very much about exact dosing and of course you can also get those micro doses instead of worrying about ripping things in half so uh check out ogs and check out their new strawberries and cream uh, CBD to THC ratio branded as the happy balance uh, strawberries and cream flavor. It's hitting the street soon. It's official. You can find strawberries and cream uh, at your local dispensary uh, and must be 21 or over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Uh, and Jesse and I are very cold because we were out at salt river fields, taking in the demonstration of the new rules that we talked about. We were very excited. They did demonstrate uh, the rules. We got out on the field. He showed us, Uh, All the little nuances to everything and it was very interesting. We're going to have a little bit more information, maybe some video and pictures for you guys tomorrow because we got here very shortly. We were just doing this like (laughs) a half an hour ago, it feels like. But uh, Jesse, what was your kind of impression of the rules and some of the things they discussed today? I'm just so excited, honestly,
1: like just as a baseball fan in general. This is like the best time to be a baseball fan, it really just is. like ever. Like, really like is. the players are better than ever, right? There's guys like Dre Jameson who throw 100 miles an hour, and there's like a whole bunch of them and now at this point. Flat-footed underneath the hoop, right? Right. right. Let's not forget about that. Uh, who can outrun Corbin Carroll, even though they're they're pitchers? They're not. Doesn't they don't even. They don't even run. They don't even use that skill. Um, <laughs> it's a
0: wasted talent. It's kind of yeah. That. I you mean,
1: know? maybe maybe they give Dre Jameson some some, some pinch run opportunities. Oh, we uh, that absolutely. was that was a missed a missed question. You yeah, definitely no definitely should ask him about that. But yeah, I'm just excited. Um, I thought it was really interesting before we went out on the field and really saw all of the rules demonstrated. um, They basically put together this PowerPoint presentation. And before they got into the rules, we we love a good PowerPoint presentation around here. Uh, But yeah, before they even talked about the rules, they just talked about the state of baseball, basically. And I thought it was a, a fitting setup because the reason that major league baseball did all these things is because of the fans. It's because of the results of surveys. Basically they've gone to fans and they've asked like, all right, how long is the ideal yeah. baseball game? Right. What are the, what are the plays that you and want a half to see hours, more of? By the way, the, answer, the answer was two and a half play. hours. Yeah. Um, you know what are the plays that you want to see more of? What are the plays that you want to see less of? Right, and and they basically put all of those things together, and that's where we landed at all of the rule changes that we have. So um, they also had a whole lot of statistics about. Um, you know, just like Major League Baseball compared to the other major American
0: sports. The state of the game and how, yeah, how it's not really as unpopular as we perceive it to be. And it's not an old person sport as we perceive it to be, though. Uh, They did show some demographics that made me believe that old people were in charge of the PowerPoint for some reason. It's very (laughs) old person favorable, but uh, they talked about like how everybody plays baseball, you know, when you're young and that helps establish you as a lifelong baseball fan. Yeah. Uh, And then kind of compared how like your, your sports viewing for the other sports kind of goes down. Like, Almost for every sport as you get older, except for baseball, where it's kind of like a like a little bit of a you. You're kind of like more fan when you're younger and then you're you're even more of a fan when you're older. And then that's that's one of the
1: one of the like big myths they were trying to dispel is people think like, all right, the game of baseball appeals more to an older audience. Right. right? And it doesn't grab the attention of young people, at least according to the graphs that we were shown. That's not true. Basically, what they showed is it's kind of this U shape where uh very young people are very into baseball right like like middle school age something like that um apparently they showed that i think it was kids 12 to 17 or something like that kids ages 6 to 12 i want to say something something like that um played more baseball than any other than any other sport in the u.s um so it's basically this u-shape where like the very young people are really into the game and then yes some of the people you know in that in that older demographic are there as well um So, yeah, it's just interesting to see Major League Baseball's awareness of the situation and how they're looking at all these numbers and they're trying to figure out how they can uh, have Major League Baseball, uh, I don't know, perceived as what it is, which is, I think, the best
0: sport out there, right? I'm a little biased. I guess I do this for a living, but... I've told you guys, I'm addicted to the narcotic that is baseball and (laughs) daddy needs his sugar, okay? But I will say this about baseball. Baseball (laughs) is one of those sports that... uh, right now we talked about this as the perfect time since they're already just ripping the Band-aid off as far as changing rules, changing things that they've considered to be sacred parts of the game for generations. they're they're changing it now for the better. Like Jesse said, a lot of the things that they surveyed fans that they didn't like were mound visits and pickoff attempts and things like that. Uh, they like stolen bases. We want to see more of them. We want to see more runs scored. We want to see less defensive shifts. And plays. And that's the reason why all of this stuff is happening. One thing that was interesting was how they had to basically discuss with teams circumventing these rules, the pitch (laughs) clock and the shift. uh, Obviously, the banning of the shifts is, is a big deal for some of this stuff. Right. So. They, they talked about the fact that they are well aware baseball teams are going to do everything they can to to circumvent this rule.
1: Yeah, They basically just went to the teams and asked them, like, all right, how are you if gonna we this do this, yeah. well, like, how are you going to mess with yeah. it? Right. Yeah. Like, what loophole are you going to try to exploit?
0: And they were and they, telling them straight up. One of my favorite things was this in motion rule. Right. So for <laughs> banning the shift, they were saying that teams were like, well, what if we just send like. Our shortstop in motion, right? So that by the time you have to the start the play
1: with both feet on the dirt, on the dirt, and, dirt. and you have to be on one side of the second base. Second base right. That doesn't mean once the pitch is being delivered, you, that you can't like
0: there. jolt over to the other side. Right.
1: But they've already thought of that, and that will also be called a violation.
0: Another thing with uh giving the pitchers more time when it comes to the pitch clock is like the catcher holding on to the ball longer and things like that. Like <laughs> they broke down so many nuances about when the pitch clock would start, when it would stop. We're gonna have some videos. Posted on our social media accounts. Make sure to keep an eye out for that if you are interested in how this breaks down. Because it feels like they have covered kind of every angle at this. Even yeah. the bases being bigger seems to actually have a purpose, right? And they know that the biggest concern here is safety—ankles, uh, you know, being stepped on, fingers being jammed, all of that kind of stuff. But they also acknowledge that the bases are now technically closer together, right? So, like yeah. on those plays where you know it was off by just a little bit it's almost like the idea of of the ch- the changing the size of the baseball right if you can do something very unnoticeable to get further results of a baseball traveling further you're going to have more home runs and if you think about how many home runs fall at the at the warning track right you think just uh, just a couple of those yeah. go over the wall and you know if we can boost that up right so it felt like uh the one focus here was trying to determine how much fans really wanted to change and what was going to improve the game. Everybody agrees that shorter games are better. And honestly, the one thing that I also found surprising besides Teams openly trying to circumvent the new rules that haven't even been put into place yet. <laughs> is was, that really surprising? Yeah, it was kind of surprising. That's <laughs> not, it's not surprising. I guess they were just being so <laughs> open and honest about it. That's the surprise. <laughs> That's part. the surprise. But there you go. It was the graph where they showed the increase in game time over the years and how much yeah. longer the average game is for baseball than it was 50 years ago, 40 years ago, even 30 years ago. So right. it's kind of crazy that... Basically, teams, baseball players uh, on both sides, offensive and defensive side, they figured out a way to just kind of stretch situations out to give themselves more time. And and it's resulted in, you know, games that are well over three hours now on average.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What people don't realize is like when baseball was really like center stage in the U.S., which you have to go back a while at this point. I don't know. What year would you say? Like what rough what rough time period do you think baseball was last? Like this is the U.S. sport, right? This is America's pastime. I mean, were the eighties?
0: We is that the nineties? I, I don't know. Well, like, so you had the the strike that really hurt it. I feel like in okay. the early nineties, right? But then they did everything they can could to rebound. So I feel like much like professional wrestling, the height of its uh, popularity was in the late nineties, like the late nineties, ninety seven to like two thousand, right? That's okay. when baseball was. Everybody was talking about the home run races and what Maguire and Bonds was doing, and it felt steroid like steroid era. Yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. When when things were good. The good so old
1: yeah, so like just thinking back to when baseball really was center stage in the U.S., you have to realize it's not just that people have changed, right? I think that's the common perception: is people nowadays just need that instant gratification? They need yeah. things moving Tension more quickly. Tension spans are shorter. Right. And so people think that's the reason why baseball has kind of fallen off from being center stage. But there's this other side of it where the game itself has changed. It's not just that people are different and they don't they don't like what they used to like. It's that the game itself has has changed, right? As as you said, the games now are a lot longer than they used to be. If you go back into the, the 50s and 60s, games were about two and a half hours long. That's that's how long the average baseball game was. Um, and a lot of these things that fans don't like, like, you know, mound visits, right? Pitching changes, um, you know, uh, there aren't as many balls in play now as there used to be. All of those things go into changing the product and I think making it probably even worse for today's audience than it otherwise would be. So it's not just that the people have changed, it's that like the game has changed too. And these these things are in place, these rule changes are in place to try to kind of get us
0: back to where the game was. You know who I blame, Jesse? Who do you blame? StatCast. It's the damn StatCast era. And here's why. Because now we know too much information. Yeah, playing StatCast. You're going to hate this. It's I do. (laughs) It's because people just used to go out there and play baseball. Now we have all of this information. And it's all being transferred around. Like There's spreadsheets and information being accessed. People are are too smart. People are too smart. There's just too much information. It's a game not based on feel anymore. And honestly, without trying to rein it in a bit, um, it really does... And it does allow for them to do everything they can to try to, you know, to to try to stretch the time and try to pass as much information along. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, Uh, Mark. I appreciate that. Uh, um, But anyway, you missed Dre, Mark. So I don't know what to tell you if you're just getting here. Uh, But I will say that I think that the idea here is that all of these clocks and everything don't allow for teams to strategically plan like as much in the moment. They have to game plan ahead of time. They have to make quicker decisions. Right. And that allows for the action to kind of just happen faster. It allows for mistakes to be made. Like Dre said, I mean, it really feels like the, the pitch clock thing is going to mess with the batter more than the pitcher. But you know there's going to be pitchers that have a problem with it. We also talked about... I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would be curious to hear
1: what other pitchers have to say about yeah. that. I feel like that's probably more of a case-by-case thing.
0: It is. And I think that there is a rule, honestly, that impacts it more than the pitch clock itself is the idea now that a pitcher needs to come to a full stop when they are not pitching out of the stretch before they can deliver the ball to home plate, right? And this is so that they know... When they are doing that and they know they can stop the pitch clock, but you know, who's going to hate this. Mike Clevenger is going to hate this. All sorts of guys around the league that have their little funny moves where they just kind of throw the ball while they're kind of in motion are going to have to change uh, their delivery. They're going to have to come to a full stop. Uh, And it's going to be interesting to see how much it impacts their, you know, ability to be. A, a good starting pitcher. To I, yeah. I, I mean, everything we saw. The one thing that was fascinating was they showed that the time of games in ma- minor league baseball dropped twenty five minutes, but two nothing, hours, thirty eight minutes, and nothing else did. Like all of the other stats, comparatively, strikeout percentages, strikeout percentage went down a little bit. Yeah, walkout walks, uh, I think, went up a little bit. Yeah, Stole pretty pretty much the same. Batting average went up a tiny tiny bit. Like, very like it was almost identical stat line for stat line for things like everything else that impacted the game. So it just showed that this really isn't causing more runs to be scored or a huge difference as far as, you know, how many, you know, what, what the offense is doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, it's funny hearing some of, some of the guys who work for major league baseball, who are in charge of putting some of these rules into place and trying to figure out what they would be. They don't know what's going to happen. Like, (laughs) Morgan Sword, uh, who's one of the guys who's been very instrumental in this process for for Major League Baseball, uh, he did a lot of the talking today. And he said, anyone who who says they're confident about the impacts of this on the game is probably lying to you because <laughs> nobody actually knows yeah. what the impact of these things will be. We have some hypotheses, right? I think with the the shift restrictions, you expect batting averages will maybe go up a little bit, Um but outside of that, like like nothing is is really set in stone. And at the end of the day, it really might be that we have a very similar baseball game uh, that's just shorter and it's snappier and it's just more uh, entertaining for fans to watch. So hopefully that's that's the outcome
0: here. More of the stuff we want, less of the stuff we don't basically. There you go. Uh, and you can get more of the stuff you want by the way if you get yourself a PHNX Diehards membership over at gophnx.com what you'll get more of is Jesse's articles you'll get access to all of them most of them are unlocked but he has the full count excuse me full count he won't let me add a, No uh, articles no no articles Just in front of full it, yeah. count with Jesse Friedman get that over at gophnx.com as well as a free piece of merch from phnxlocker.com and 20% off of all future purchases you also get discounts with our partners and our events Get access to exclusive members-only merch like that sweet, sweet Diehards jacket, as well as members-only events. Make sure to join us over here. And, of course, get access to the member Diehard Discord Lounge, the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. Uh, we thank you guys for being here right now in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when we go live, when we have technical difficulties, before we start the show or when any of the wonderful shows on the network go live. Also, if you are listening on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there and leave us a review. We appreciate you doing so. Uh, Most importantly, for Jesse, for Jesse's sake, leave us a thumbs up. That way, you know, you like us and we feel we feel the love on this Valentine's Dre. I refuse to say it right this entire episode. I'm telling you that right now. But uh, of (laughs) course, make sure to go grab our friends uh, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, We know how my Super Bowl bets went. They didn't go great. Uh, But my baseball bets are going to go much better. I'm very excited about that. I already have some baseball bets, as I made on this very show live during an episode. Uh, Corbin Carroll, Rookie of the Year. I think I threw money on Zach Gallen winning the Cy Young. I, I think you did. I mean, crazy. I don't know what I, bets placed, I did place, but-, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you can do whatever you want on the down on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Remember same game parlays, the more legs you add, the more money you win uh, and there's all sorts of, uh, specials to opt into around this time of the year, especially college basketball heating up and all sorts of things going on in March. So grab the down, uh, grab the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code PHNX. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I don't mean to bog you down with more rules stuff, but uh, we did briefly discuss because it was kind of breaking news yesterday. that it's all there, you ever talk about, Derek. Just rules, 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 rules. That's all I'm about. You guys know that. I'm, I love <laughs> rules. Uh, but the MLB joint competition committee has vo- voted unanimously to make the extra inning ghost runner rule a permanent rule for all regular season games moving forward. Thoughts on the rule, Jesse?
1: I don't have a problem with it. It's a little little weird, but um, and I understand the the purists, the baseball traditionalists, who get hives every time they think about it. Um, But I I think it's I think it's better for baseball in the end. Nobody needs us going to you know eighteen innings for one out of one hundred and sixty two games. It never really made sense. I even would venture to say, Derek. I'm not necessarily on board with this yet, but there could come a day when Major League Baseball looks at the possibility of introducing ties where we don't play extra innings and we try to keep games, you know, consistently shorter. I'm not saying I'm on board necessarily. I'm just saying if you're playing 162 games, if you end if you end the year with a few ties, is that really going to change the outcome of the season that much? We can go seven,
0: seven and twenty four. Wait till that happens and see how much you like that. Ties, well, I, hate we'll to, I hate this we'll idea. See. I don't hate the ghost runner rule mostly because I like going to bed at a decent hour. Uh, I like seeing my family, I like not spending all night like I did one time until 1 30 in the goddamn morning <laughs> at an Arizona Diamondbacks 15 inning baseball game. Never again, I never want that again, and you shouldn't either. You guys all left, don't bullshit me. I was there, I saw it with my own eyes. You guys were there for do like 12. And then when 13 came around, you were like, well, it's time to start hitting the old dusty trail, so don't give me that. We had to stay until the end. I had media to do stuff. But anyway, uh let me tell you, I like the ghost runner rule. It doesn't bother me. I feel like it, it is makes also, extra is
1: more interesting.
0: Yeah. And I yeah. think that it's kind of like some of these rules where right now I am so in the mode to just accept rule changes and new things in baseball anyway, because we've just been doing it for the last few years mm. that like, let's just get it over with. Let's just revamp the game, find out ways that we can make it better. And that's definitely one of them as well. Obviously it's still the same kind of spirit that the pitch clock is uh that basically we want to speed the game up and we don't want it to be uh as long so i don't i don't chris says no ghosts until
1: the 12th that is an idea i've heard floated around by a number of people over the years maybe you don't do it in the first couple extra innings and then once you're really getting long then it's like all right now we'll do it i don't know if that works because as we've seen the ghost runner doesn't immediately end a baseball game like just because you're you're using the ghost runner doesn't mean you've got a 10 inning game. Yeah, in fact, you know? a lot of times both
0: teams score the ghost runner. Yeah. And it's, pretty,
1: it's not that hard to score a guy from second yeah. base with nobody out. Yeah. So I, I think if you didn't start it till the twelfth, I'm not sure it would really be accomplishing its purpose. Most extra inning games end, you know, after eleven or twelve innings anyway. So I I, I understand where where you're coming from and it it does make sense, but I'm not sure it really accomplishes the goal that, that MLB is, is going
0: for here. We also have other information as wild animals brought up in the chat uh, that the gallon bobblehead was announced today. You guys bobbleheads are back. Bobbleheads are back. Bobbleheads are back. We got them. We did it. We did it. It was us. It was us. We did it. Uh, We pushed the envelope and we made them bring back bobbleheads. I'd like to think. I think it, I
1: think it was it was your doing. Derek. It my, We should, I think we
0: should definitely give you all the credit. Yeah, he doesn't want to take. Credit I do believe for the the uh, D backs
1: when they tweeted out the picture of the bobblehead, did they not say Happy Valentine's Day yeah, or sure something, oh, something yeah. along those lines? Oh yeah, lines. it's Valentine's. So, so, so we'll we'll take credit for, for that taking, one. As yeah, well. We're taking credit for all of it.
0: <laughs> but uh, very exciting to know that the Diamondbacks are going to have uh, those high quality giveaway items. Not to knock what they did, I actually liked a lot of the clothing items that they gave away last year. I thought that they were better than stuff. stuff in the in the past. Right, yeah. But, At the same time, you know what we want, and what we want is bobbleheads, and maybe even a little snow globe of a haboob around Chase Field again. I don't know. I'm throwing ideas out there, but uh, excited to see what is going to happen, and the Diamondbacks said that they're going to be linking some of those uh, items. So we might see some more announced before the end of today. We'll definitely be—we'll have a little picture of uh, the little Zach Gallen bobblehead on tomorrow's episode as well, but uh, until then. We thank you guys uh, so much for stopping by. Of but course, Derek.
1: There's there's one more rule change. What, what they rule did? Change? They
0: did one more. So th- so there's also one more thing, and this one's
1: arguably more important. Did we not talk about it? Not that? yeah. We didn't yeah. talk about it yet. Not only did they say that the ghost runner is permanent, but they also put limitations on when you can have a position player pitch. Did you see? Did you see this part? No. This part of things. No. Yeah. So under the new guidelines, leading teams have to be up by ten or more runs oh, in the ninth God. inning. To let a position player pitch, trailing teams can use a position player anytime they are down by eight or more runs.
0: Eight or more,
1: and then you can also you can use them in extra innings too. That's uh. the other. That's the other rule. Yeah, we don't want to see teams like just because they're you know if you're up by a good margin. You know, you could throw your catcher in there for the ninth inning and just see if he can get out of it, only allowing a couple runs, and then you save your relievers. But nobody wants to watch that. It's just I
0: want to see Nick Ahmed pitch. He seemed confident. He seemed That's like fair. he wants a shot at it, and I want to see it happen. But
1: so after shoulder surgery, maybe not the wisest not decision,
0: like but uh, whatever. We'll this, see
1: what we can convince Tori to do. There's well, there's well, see there's we
0: well actually Jesse again, but uh, of course we thank you guys. That
1: was well actually Nick. He's, he's oh, the yeah. one who said it might not be a good <laughs> idea
0: after shoulder surgery. So don't right. pin that one on me, Derek. Um, thank you guys again, of course, uh, for showing up, for being here. Of course. Thank you to our friends at four Peaks Brewing Company which I've been sipping secretly behind the scenes over here I was trying to I was trying to be professional with I am but uh, of course with so many sport events sporting events in February and March I can't help but have a four Peaks in my hand so make sure to follow them on social media at four Peaks Brew uh, check out their beers you can get them at your local grocery store wherever you get your beers uh, and remember fourpeaks.com events. Uh, has all of your beer week entertainment as well. So uh, they're they're doing all sorts of things. Like what's better than just drinking a beer, pairing them with delicious Girl Scout cookies. And you can do that at the Four Peaks Cookie Pairing at their 8th Street Pub location in Tempe on February 16th. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Also, after you do that, and then you want to take that same experience home, hit me up in my DMs. I'll send you the link for my daughter's Girl Scout cookies. We make some transactions, make some stuff happen. Uh, That's the, I'm just, putting that out there uh she has a freaking 300 box goal to hit so i need the help all the help i can get jesse loves game time it's his favorite app uh i'm still on the fence about it being my favorite app it might be one or two DraftKings is still right there but uh (laughs) that's also because i haven't really needed tickets in a while i haven't needed tickets to things in a while but that time of the year is coming up i can't wait uh we got innings fest coming up we have all sorts of stuff you
1: am going to do uh kevin durant's First first home game with the Phoenix oh, Suns. Oh, yeah.
0: Make sure to check that out. Our takeover is sold out, but yeah. uh, congrats to those of you that made it in. And I will see you guys there. Can't wait uh, for Kevin Durant to join the Suns. But uh, the best way to get tickets to those Suns games and Diamondbacks games all season long is to buy them through the Game Time app. Of course, you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy tickets last minute. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. This is an app for procrastinators by procrastinators. Make sure that you get in there and save yourself some money on last minute Do we know that the creators of Time are procrastinating? I mean, is that an offensive thing to say? I imagine you have to be a procrastinator to think this app is a good idea, right? You're like, I don't like buying tickets. at the right now. I want to wait until the last minute and then get a discount. So make sure to get your discount over at the GameTime app. Uh, download it or go to their website. Either way, Jesse will tell you, though, that it's one of the most aesthetically pleasing apps. So get the app. Uh, we thank you guys again for being here. Big shout out to Dre Jameson. Thank him for being here. And, of course, a Wild Animal says Innings Fest uh, Sunday lineup is much better than Saturday. I completely disagree with you 1,000% on that. <laughs> Saturday has Green Day. Weezer and the offspring, that's ninety-six through ninety-eight for me, basically. That's my formative years as a high school student. So uh, (laughs) I need that in my life. But uh go to both days. What it's it's a great event, it's very fun. Uh and I will be out there, definitely. Jesse won't be, but that's because he hates fun. Uh (laughs) thank you guys. (laughs) Thank you guys for being here again in the chat. You can follow us on Twitter, I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N Friedman. The show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate your time. We always appreciate your time. Uh, And make sure you guys all have a wonderful Valentine's Day. On behalf of Leah, Jesse, and myself, we always thank you for being here. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you get the flowers, you get the nail appointment, and you get the dinner. (laughs)